Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. Today's Friday, June 10th. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me today is my good friend Nate Tice. Nate, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I am unshowered, bearded. Just uh, <laughs> just feel like a writer right now. I feel, feel like, like a, writer. a writer. It's also June. You're now an NFL writer in June. Even saying June 10th, I'm like, oh boy, we are in it right now. I know mini camps are going on and all that kind of stuff. And in reality, it die, starts to die down when teams leave. There were a couple of coaches I was talking to, like, yeah, after I'm after minicamp, I'm I'm oh. gone for a little while. It's like, oh, all right, yeah. I, res- I respect that. Like, it's it a holiday. Is, it is your time, yep. and I completely understand that. As you try to get the last things in before everyone goes on break, I think Jordan Rodriguez joked about that. Like the Rams are trying to sign all their contracts before everyone goes away for summer vacation, which yeah. I respect. I, I totally yep. understand. It's that, always but- Father's Day too. It's always like right leading into Father's Day. That is like that is the it's a special holiday in the in the football world, the NFL world. To, to celebrate that dead time, we are doing something. We're doing a show today that I feel like is really good for just the middle of the off season. We're gonna do a roster reset of sorts. When all the moves are happening in March, April, we talk about all of them, but it's in one ear and out the other with some of it. You go back through, it's like, I don't even remember that happened. So I think it's really important after the dust settles to just take stock of where all of these rosters are. So we're going to go through a bunch of different categories today. Things we liked, things we didn't like, where teams sit, where certain positions sit, things that confounded us, things that we're still a little bit worried about. We've got a whole host of categories that we're going to chew on, and I'm very excited to get into it. So let's do this. Yeah. All right. Who do you think has the most improved roster in the NFL from where they were at the end of last season to the point they are right now? I feel like I'm going to like steal your answer here, but I'm going to say the Chargers. And I, I that is not the, my answer. Okay. But you can. I would like to hear your reasoning. Yeah, and the you know feel a little. This is like a my answer is kind of cheating, but the, the, okay. the Chargers are on my short list. I guess. Okay. Okay. Say. Okay. That makes me feel better, especially since I. Uh, uh, <laughs> sped to this answer. So uh, I'd say with the Chargers, Khalil Mack, first off, first and foremost, just getting help on the front seven is already like, okay, okay. You you went from a true weakness to a like big strength or really just a big boost there. As far as adding to their offensive line, I like the guy they added in the draft. I liked kind of just what they have done. The receiving court with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, they still have stayed there, but also the DB core. Adding JC Jackson, I love that. I really think that's a nice, complete DB core. And I just kind of just, I, I felt like they took all the weaknesses that they did have and they went from, okay, we're not even going to be average at those. We're going to be good at those spots. So I did, that's why I, I think with the charges and already what they have set there, um, I just really liked all those. I will still say, will still say this. I wish maybe 
a different tight end than Gerald Everett, <laughs> and maybe we're going to get to the remaining Chargers holes near the okay. end of the show. And then maybe there are a, a couple other categories where they are up in blinking lights to me. Yeah, and if it weren't if it weren't the Chargers, the other one would have been with was with the Bills, and that's adding Von Miller and uh, uh, Elam in the draft. And those are just two simplish moves, or like those like, but those were like two of the holes that they had. So I did like that improvement to their roster. I'm curious what you said here. I think it's the Broncos. But I think that's cheating, right? I mean, it's the Broncos is because, it's because of Russell Wilson. Is the quarterback important? At, go, it's just so going from Drew Locke yeah. or a, a combination of Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, which they yeah. had last year. And Teddy Bridgewater was pretty good last year if you look yeah, at the numbers, all things considered. But going from forgettable quarterback play to even diet Russell Wilson. Yeah. Even if Russell Wilson is not the guy we saw for the first half of the 2020 season, even if he's the guy who's been the lesser version of himself over the last couple of years, the post-finger injury or what we saw for the first half of last season, all that stuff. That is still a massive improvement on what yeah. they've had a quarterback over the last couple of years. That jump is a massive, massive jump. No one else added. I mean, the, Bron- the, the Browns did, but that's an entirely different thing. He may yeah. not even play this year. So I don't, that's not, I'm not going to throw them in the same category. No one else outside of Cleveland and the Broncos added a quarterback yeah. in the top upper echelon of the league. Nobody. So that's the biggest improvement, the biggest jump you can possibly make. Think about what the Rams did last year going to Matthew Stafford and how important that was for their offense, going from middle of the road to being one of the most, if not the most efficient passing offense in the league. I don't know if the Broncos will be that. Let's say they're the seventh best offense in the league. Let's say they're right around in a lot of the advanced metrics where the Seahawks have finished over the last couple of years as far as passing efficiency. That's incredible. Like that's yeah. a massive jump for this team compared yep. to where they've been the last and, couple of years. And it opens up matchups for them as t- st- uh, like we're pulling a string, get a bucket, and all that. But as stuff gets harder, like even if it's like the season long numbers improve, but then also when it gets to the nitty gritty, that's what that improvement like opens up. It's like all, all of a sudden you're a viable like contender or a viable you know every week that you go into the playoffs or in week sixteen, week seventeen, week eighteen as the season gets really honed in. Okay, now you have a quarterback that you can lean on to get you out of those tough times. That's what also opens up for you. It ties the room together. It's it's the rug from the Big Lebowski. That's what it does. And think about what Cooper Cup looked like with Matthew Stafford. I don't know if that'll happen with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and even Tim Patrick, but I think those guys will look the best they've ever looked. Yeah. And their running backs are good. Their offensive line is a solid unit. Mm -hmm. I just think we'll look at the offense in a different way than we used to, and that's why you make that trade. And that's not the only move they made. I mean, their defense, they went out defense and got Randy nice. Gregory. They got yeah. DJ Jones. It's a pretty solid team. I mean, I don't know if they're a contender, but I think they could win 10 games. They go oh, 10 yeah. and 7. They could be right there in the mix in the AFC. And that's a pretty big jump to me. The other ones I had in, on my short list here, the Eagles. Yeah. And, and so these are teams, most of them. I don't think these teams necessarily made the best moves because there's a lot of value out of whack with some of this stuff. But it's much, much easier to project improvement when you go out and add veterans than it is when you're a team like the Jets. The Jets may be in this conversation if all of those first-round picks hit. But the veteran players that the Broncos added and that the Eagles added with A.J. Brown and James Bradbury and Hassan Reddick, that combination, I think, is a lot easier to predict than some of the other teams that had a lot of draft capital. The Eagles turned their fir- one of their first-round picks into A.J. Brown. Yeah. So I, that's a lot easier for me to understand. So the Raiders are on this list for me because yep. of that. Like going to get Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones, even if 
those moves in a vacuum maybe aren't good value right now. The Raiders are better than they were at the end mm-hmm. of last season. And the same goes for the Dolphins. The Tyree Kill trade is a lot to give up, but Tyree Kill is still a pretty damn good player. Yep. Tyree Kill, Teron Armstead, yep. even going to get guys like Connor Williams, who is not great, but having a functional human being as a member of your offensive line is an improvement for them at some of these spots. Melvin Ingram, the Dolphins are a better team, a much better team now than they were at the end of last season, but their quarterback is the same. And that's why I still give the Broncos the nod here, just because going to Russell Wilson from what they've had, to me, is the biggest jump any team made. Dolphins got a, a, a boost in their backup quarterback and Teddy. So, yeah. <laughs> so they improved the roster that way as well. But that's so the Broncos <laughs> went from the Dolphins backup quarterback to even this version of Russell Wilson. That's a pretty yeah. significant improvement. It really is. It really is. No, those are all great answers. Uh, I really like the Eagles one. I, that, that, I mean, it's just, they're such a like interesting team, just like an, I, I'm really curious to watch the Eagles in 2022. Not only just the Jalen Hurts stuff, but they just have so many fun players that I, I yeah. like. That even Jordan know, Davis, and line. I mean, they've yeah. added so many pieces. I don't know if it's going to work out, but yeah. we talked about Howie Roseman in our GM ranking show. Everything that it's like, I can get on board with this. I get it. I, yep. I can get on board with this. I can get behind this. I don't know if it's going to work out, but I totally understand yep. why you're doing it this way, and I'm excited to see what the final product ends up looking. Every like. Every decision these teams make is almost like a, a debate school answer, where it's like, okay, you get two sides. How do you debate it? When you get the when they make a move that's like oh that's the easy side to debate like yeah and you just keep doing that like that's what you want a team to do it's like every every no there's no perfect move but when you're having the ones that are easy to argue for that's always a good sign. All right, we're calling this one the off season you still can't figure out. And my I had a kind of an AKA for this. It's is this team better than it was in December? Okay, and because there are and so my all of mine fell into that category. There are a lot of teams that didn't get a lot better this year, but they're teams that aren't trying to get better. Teams like the Falcons and the Giants, yeah. even the Bears, aren't in this for me. So a lot of teams that probably have playoff aspirations, and I'm looking at it and saying, are, are they better than they were six months ago? I'm not sure there are. Those are my – I have a few teams in that category. Yeah. I, I mean, the one – like you said, you're like, oh, the Falcons and stuff. Like the Panthers are always just lol because you just don't know what the hell they're doing. But for me, my answer was the Saints. And – Okay, I can understand that. What the hell? <laughs> it's like, I just can't figure out this path that they're on. And then, but there's gonna be another I to- answer. I totally understand the path that they're on. I don't think I support it. There we go. But that, I totally understand the path that they're on. <laughs> and that's what's funny, actually. Now, when you say that, like you understand it because, or not understand it, like get their argument. Like where we say you're, it's debate class, so you're trying to figure out which one you would argue for. There's some other answers I have involving them. So I'll maybe like argue for that. <laughs> so like I can understand maybe their line of thinking. But yeah, I, I does Jameis Winston have some qualities? Yes, he does. Um, I have zero idea. Like they, I feel like they really think they're on the cusp. And it's one of those as an outsider, it's really hard to see. We, we Winston started last year. He looked okay. But then is he got hurt. And the season was a weird season in New Orleans. Sean Payton's gone. It seemed like a, Andy Dalton's I, a lot better than what they had at quarterback last year at times, though. I mean, that, oh, that's not no. a bad signing. And right. And when they took a deep breath this offseason or when I thought they would take a deep breath, moving to Dennis Allen, I thought that was actually a great move for an internal hire. I, I really do think Dennis Allen has done a nice job as a defensive coordinator there. I thought they would take a deep breath as a franchise. Maybe. OK, what are, what are this new path we're going to go on? And it seemed like they just reloaded. And so, yeah, I, I don't know if I can't figure it out. I just can't figure out if that's the right call. I think maybe that's the best way I can answer this. So 
yeah, the Saints are my answer for this question. I want to talk about the Saints and the Rams because when I look at the reaction to what the Rams have done over the last couple weeks with the Donald contract and the Cooper Cup contract, I was like, how can they do this? How can they spend all this money? I can't believe and still ask that. <laughs> people, and people have been saying that about the Saints too. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to distinguish between the different types of all-in moves that you can make and what these moves really are with some of these franchises. The Saints doing all this cap bullshit where they keep pushing it into future years, that is fine. Yeah. Because I think for the most part, you can outrun a lot of that if you're willing to spend it. And ultimately, you're trying to pry open your window and Mm -hmm. you understand what's probably going to come down the road, but you're getting the most that you can out of your roster. If if owners want to keep throwing around all this money, like the way that the Rams are, that's fine. You're that trying to make a, the dance every year. You're yeah, I. that's whatever. The cap is going to continue going up, and maybe you get bitten, maybe you don't. And so I'm more okay with that on a general level. That is a different sort of all-in move than trading up multiple times in the first round and trading away future first-round picks to go get college prospects that at best are speculative ads. Yeah. Even if you feel really good about Chris Olave and Trevor Penning, those are risky, risky yep. decisions. Trading two first-round picks for Matthew Stafford yeah. is not the same as trading up in the draft and trading away future first for college players that have never played in the or NFL. Or train, train for Jalen Ramsey is yeah, way, that's not the same. way different. Already a Pro Bowl quarter, bonafide Pro Bowl quarter. You're trading you're for trading certainty. For. In that, yes. you're trading for certainty. Are you paying a premium for it? 100%. Yeah. But you're paying for certainty. Yes. I'm fine with trying to do a little <laughs> funny accounting to maintain the roster that you have because that's you're paying for certainty yeah. with that. Paying for uncertainty with some of these guys and moving up in the draft, that is a different sort of bet to me and a bet yeah. that is harder for me to get behind than some of the other shenanigans that the Saints yeah. have pulled over the years and that the Rams are pulling right now. Yeah, you're trying to get more bang for your buck. I get it, but it's also you're paying more to get that. It's I don't know. It's a, it's a bigger risk for a bigger reward, I guess, or maybe even the ish, same-ish reward. Unless you think you can nail those two guys. But I mean, that's also, yeah, that's included with it. It's it's so aggressive. It's so like a cherry on top type of move for a franchise that we had question marks about for the last few months. So that's why it's just curious what they're doing down there. I guess, yeah, I guess they think they have that window and maybe, maybe they just love Jameis. <laughs> maybe they, maybe they're like, well, wait till you see what we got for 16 or 17 games of Jameis. So who knows? But it, it's, it is a different style than like like you just said than what the Rams have done getting proven players as opposed to moving up for unknown commodities as opposed to a proven asset let's look right now at cash spending in the NFL in 2022 number one in the league the Buffalo Bills the Von Miller contracts Josh Allen's extension kicking in what are the Buffalo Bills on the cusp of a Super Bowl they're trying to pry this thing open as much as they can they are the Super Bowl favorite yep the Saints are number two (laughs) Saints are number two. The Browns are number three. Deshaun Watson contract. I understand that. The Jags are number four, which is a whole different conversation. The Rams are number five. The Jets are number six, which they've spent a lot in free agency. The Packers are number seven. The Bucks are number eight. So you have these teams that are trying to spend cash over cap because they're trying to pry open their window. And I understand that. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is okay in some circumstances. And if you have an owner willing to do it, more power to you. That is a different thing then the Rams aren't trading away future first-round picks to move up in the draft. The Bills are moving up in the draft two spots to go get Kyrie Elam. 
it's a different sort of bet. And I just, it's harder to get behind the ones that the, the Saints have made. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I have three answers and they all fit into, like I said, a similar category. How are the Cardinals appreciably better now than they were in last season? <laughs> Can you answer that? No. Why are the why is the Cardinals roster better today it's than not. it was at the end of last season? It's not. And it's it's as I'm writing about Kyler Murray right now and having to watch a lot of 2021 Cardinals offense and just looking at their roster and what they're trying to build for 2022, it's left me with a lot of a uh, uh, are you sure that's the answer? <laughs> Is, are you sure that's the path you want to go down? Because that doesn't seem like it's going to be very rewarding for you. I'm genuinely asking you this. Okay. Do you think Hollywood Brown makes the Cardinals a better football team appreciably than Christian Kirk did in the same sort of role last year? Nope. I do not. I, I, I test and stats. I, I can I can attest to that. Okay. It, so that's one move that they made. Yep. That was their big move. That was their big season. move. That was their yep. big move. And who was, their than, first, who was their first draft pick in the second round? <laughs> a redundant tight end to pair with Zach Ertz. <laughs> because they re-signed Zach Ertz and they re-signed James Conner. The Cardinals yep. looked at the little money they had yep. and they said, you know what we're going to do? We're bringing the band back together. They got wiped off the field in the playoffs against the Rams. Yep. That's what we're going to do. Their offensive line was dinged up at the end of last season. Maybe you can talk yourself into that. But it's not a good group when it's healthy. Nope. It's an acceptable group at best when healthy. They yep. went out and signed Will Hernandez. That's the big move they made yep. to bolster their offensive line. So hopefully they get Justin Pugh back. But now you're looking at a starting guard duo of Justin Pugh and Will Hernandez, and Kevin Kelvin Beecham is still their right tackle. Oh, man. I just don't understand how you can look at the resources you had at the beginning of the offseason in your roster and say, we can roll with this again. And watching, shoot, seven games that I just did in the past couple of weeks, it's just – Watching what happened to their right tackle week after week and down after down, didn't matter who was starting there, and watching Kyler, not by necessity at first, I was like, oh, man, he's a little too early to get out of the pocket. But then watching it and going, oh, man, the offensive line is just leaky every single snap. And Rodney Hudson, of course, is Rodney Hudson. And uh, DJ Humphreys is a fine left tackle. I would say I would say he's a pretty good left tackle. That's where I'll put him at. But other than that, and they didn't really revamp it. I thought in the second round they were sitting prime to maybe take a guy there that could really help out their offensive line. But it seems like they just continue to want to play fantasy football. And then that's not even including when they go on when you look at their defense. And you know you're still paying JJ Watt. You're I mean he's still JJ Watt, but he's he's been injured a lot lately. They didn't add but, any players to the defense. No, they're DBs. Last year, going into last year, we I mean I couldn't even tell you who's playing corner for them right now. Jeff Gladney passed away, and I think that's very important. Yes. To point out, they signed Jeff Gladney, and that one spot, they I think they made a they took a gamble on Jeff Gladney. Other than that, they didn't add anyone to their defense. Nobody. It's the same defense they had last year. And Kyler Murray's only making eleven million bucks this year, and this is the team. Yeah, it's it's a bad team. It's rough, man. It is. It, it, it's it's rough. It just it to not use this final year of his rookie contract and just get the most out of it. And to have those be the additions you made to go re-sign Zach Con- or re-sign Zach Ertz and re-sign James Conner. That's those are the big moves they made. Yep. And, it's, and bring it's back really tough. 34-year-old AJ Green, as opposed to maybe like taking a chance on a younger guy or mid-level guy or bring you know, I understand why Christian Kirk, they probably couldn't give enough money to bring him back. So <laughs> I understand that one. But yeah, it's it's rough. It's really, really rough. And how they want to play on offense. At first uh, I thought Hollywood Brown would maybe 
slide in and, you know, he'll probably play the left side for them while Hopkins is out with his suspension. We forget about that. He's out for six weeks. And then he'll slide over into the slot when Hopkins comes back. It wasn't like Hollywood Brown was, you know, lighting the world on fire. And Hollywood Brown is sliding sliding back into the slot. What the hell has happened to the guy that you drafted in the second round last year? Right. I know. Nobody does anything. I mean, they get the linebacker. Oh, yeah. It's 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 a rough, rough situation there. And when you deep dive into it, it it's you don't realize how rough you uh, like we can make jokes all you want. Oh, Cliff, this. Oh, Steve Kime, this. Oh, the roster. Oh, Kyler's angry, all this. But then when you actually look at the roster and what, you look at what their their paths, we always talk about paths and like ways that they can get better or ways that they can win games and everything. You look at their roster and you're like. Really? This is it? This is it? This is the offensive line? Who is that? <laughs> I couldn't even tell you a couple of the guys. So it's, yeah, it's really, really a rough situation there in Arizona. So that one I don't really get because they had a little bit of money and they used it to bring the band back together in a band yeah. that wasn't that good by the end of it. The other two teams I had here, I can understand why they didn't get better, but they didn't get better. Patriots, definitely. The Patriots are not a better football team than they were at the end of last season. And that's tough. Because you have a rookie quarterback who can who's pretty good. Right now, he is pretty good. He gives you something based on the play he has now. This might be whatever it's going to be or close to it, yeah. but he gives you something right now, and they didn't get much better. You can understand why that happened, though. They have less than $2 million in cap space right now. It's the lowest number in the entire league. They have $70 million tied up in their 2020 free agent class. And when we watched it happen, and we watched them give out those contracts and sat there afterward and said, are any of these guys needle movers? Is, is any single one of these guys, Henry Henry's a nice player. Johnny Smith's a nice player. The Nelson Aguilar contract was a mistake in the moment. It yeah, still is that. now. They, they're paying out Nelson Aguilar, and they had to tra- draft a skinny second-round guy that has speed because they, have, they don't have a vertical threat on they their offense. And yeah. they had to trade for Devontae Parker. That was a big move. Yeah. Their big move was to trade for Devontae Parker this offseason. They had to trade Shaq Mason to save mm. some money. They Which they put themselves in such a Still one of the spot. most bonkers moves of this offseason. I'm going to bring that uh, up. It has to be moment. financial. I don't understand any other reason than it being totally Weird. financial. And they swapped out J.C. Jackson for Malcolm Butler, who didn't play last year. Yeah, They're just not better. And, and they don't have an offense coordinator. They don't have an offensive coordinator. So even beyond the roster, you understand how they got here. They didn't have the resources, but they put themselves in that position with the way that they spent last year. So this is the reaping second, and sowing. They were my second me. answer, by the way. So I'm glad oh, you good, brought them up. Good, good, so good. I, I saved them from another answer to talk about all this. So I'm just going to splurge it right here. So yeah, no, I agree with this one right now. <laughs> They're the reaping and sowing me. Like, yeah, that's yep. exactly what's going they on are. right now. It's like sowing, like fuck yeah, look yeah. at me and reaping. It's like, oh, this sucks. This that's sucks. exactly where the Patriots are. It's the reaping and sowing from their 2020 <laughs> free agent class. Pulling out Aguilar like he's a carrot. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> and the other team I had, and you can kind of understand how they got to this point. Are the Cowboys better than they were at the end of last season? No, no, no. And no. you have. I understand having to save some money in places because of the Z contract, because of the DAC contract, other moves they've made. Do you think they needed to franchise Dalton Schultz? Yeah, that that one's getting more and more curious as like every week passes by. Like, because when franchise tags, the day one of free agency is always just chaotic or the leading up to it. And then you're like, you don't know what the market's going to break out. I mean, obviously none of us do. But you saw you franchise tagged them. And you're like, oh, okay, because they're going to do something else. They have other stuff. And then it's kind of just... They have it. It just they just did it. 
And yeah, we like I, Dalton Schultz. Oh, I do. But I, I don't. Awesome. I don't. If you're strapped for money, paying him that. Yeah. I, is that? I mean, what else were you going to do at tight end? I guess I can understand it, but I. Not all of their moves are moves. I feel like they had to make. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, it felt like just doing stuff. You know, they're like, oh, we got to keep one guy. So it's well, we got to use this tag on somebody. And then that's who they ended up with. So they had to trade Amari Cooper. Yep. So now they have Michael Gallup, Jalen Tolbert, yep. and C.D. Lamb. Yep. They keep Dalton Schultz. Yep. I think if you lose Connor Williams and Lyle Collins and bring in Tyler Smith, even if the starters and the quality of Connor Williams play all that stuff, we can debate. Yep. I don't think their offensive line is better today than it was to end the 2021 season. Yeah. And no, they I, swapped out Sam Williams for Randy Gregory. That's not better. So they're, again, I don't think their roster right now is better team, than it was at the end of last year. Even little things like Jaron Curse being a million dollar player last year, having that nice little role. Oh, nice. That was great. Now he's back for five. Yep. And that's just what happens. They, what he happens. played well. He deserved to get rewarded. Mm-hmm. But that's what happens. And I think it's really important to zero in on how much they struck lightning last year. Yep. Lightning, how much they got lightning in a bottle with that defense last year with some of the moves that they made and how unlikely that is to happen again. If Dak is healthier, I still think they could be a really good team. Yep. But just roster health-wise, they're not better than they were at the end of last year. Yeah, they're they're that basically everything you said is going to be my answer for another question. So this is, uh, <laughs> this is perfect, <laughs> but right. no, I, yeah, that I, I'll, I'll save it for that answer. So, but just to continue that thought sneaky, good spring, maybe a team. It's not at the top, but it seems ah. like as you, as I look back on it, it's like, Oh, okay. I, I, yeah. I can get behind this. Yeah. That well, not at the top. If we're, because so the, my answer for this isn't the great because it was like there it's one of it's a contending team it's the freaking box so it was like, no, that's just, okay though okay, that's okay, okay. because it, I'm talking about not teams that made the splashiest moves. okay yep that and I think there that's actually a really good answer and one that I wouldn't think about because they're a contender that's but what lay it was. out your reasoning I th- I can totally get on board with this I think we've kind of taken them like it's like the Bucks okay they brought back Tom Brady but then that and what has happened with other contenders especially the Packers and Chiefs. And, you know, Broncos trading for some uh, trading for Russell Wilson. All those moves have kind of like really been at the forefront of this season, which is so funny because the Bucks just kind of how their season ended with the injuries and maybe kind of ending with a whimper. I think they kind of just have gone off the radar a little bit. I mean, it's understandable. It's how it is. It's just it just goes the ebbs and flows of everything. What do you say? (laughs) Why we do this? I totally forgot they signed Akeem Hicks. (laughs) Akeem Hicks? Traded yes. for Shaq Mason. They traded for Shaq Mason. Godwin coming back. They signed Russell Gage, who I think will be a fantastic receiver three for him. They got Carlton Davis back. I love their draft. It was a, it was a good offseason for them. I thought this was the best possible path they could have gone on. Oh, also helps when uh when Tom Brady uh, you know takes his month sabbatical and comes back like that. That will really boost your offseason. But I think just all these other moves were really nice moves and. I, I just think they're still going to be a top, top team. And it was a good offseason for them, especially I, I keep reiterating it, but I really did like their draft and it just made sense for where they're at as a team. So I, I really liked it. Yeah, I the Shaq Mason trade is a great example. Even going to get, let's say Gronk doesn't come back. And yep. now they have Kate Otten and Cam Bray. And can they survive with that? You like Kate Otten. Mm-hmm. I going to get Luke Decky in the second round because yep. they just need a little bit more depth and potentially throwing him in the mix to compete for their left guard spot. Yep. Nothing crazy. Logan Ryan, 
just defensive back depth, losing a couple yep. of the safeties that they did in free agency. I guess just one. I guess it was just Jordan Whitehead, but Jordan Whitehead. losing the guys they did. It's like, all right, well, you know, can we piece this together with somebody who's a little bit cheaper and a veteran that can play multiple positions? Again, another team that every move, it's like, okay, I can get on board with that. I understand it. The Akeem Hicks, I, I think, happened when I was on vacation. So that's why I just totally forgot that they signed him. But your brain's in a jar in Mexico City <laughs> when that happens. By the way, Akeem Hicks and Vitavea in the middle of a defense right? is a lot of humanity. Yes. It's a lot yes. of humanity. Yes. We'll play Red Rover against them. <laughs> that's a very good answer. I had a couple, uh, and they're not as good as that. That's probably the best answer. I had the Colts. Yeah. Going from Wentz to Matt Ryan is. I think really important. Yeah. And even if Matt Ryan's diminished, I think that's a really important move. I mean, Nabbing it's Stephon. just as big as an improvement from going Drew Locke to, to Russell Wilson, in my estimation. Uh, I think that's strong. I think that's strong. Wentz what? was not horrendous for most of last season. He was maddening. maddening the, yeah. the individual, there were three plays a game that makes you want to walk off a bridge. Yeah. But play in and play out, I don't think he was that terrible. I would feel so much better sleeping at night if I were Frank Reich, knowing that Matt Ryan is in that oh, building yeah. than Carson Wentz. I think that is an upgrade, but I don't think it's the upgrade that Russell Wilson over Drew Locke slash Trey Bridgewater is. Not on a play-to-play basis. Okay. Even if I, the stability there is enviable that the Colts now have yeah. from a personality standpoint, from a play standpoint, all of those things, I still think the Broncos is bigger. But that is, is a good move, and they're better, and they got an extra third-round pick in that calculus. Yeah. Which I think is important to remember. Going to get Stefan Gilmore, trading Rocky Sin, a player they probably weren't committed to, and getting Yannick Ngakwe in the process. Just yeah. little tiny moves. I think the Colts are better than they were at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. I think they are. When yeah. you have so many of these other teams we talk about that aren't, I think the Colts are appreciably better. The Bengals, I also think, should be in yes. here. Another team. So many other moves, just nodding along as they made them, upgrading the offensive line at three yeah. spots. Uh, a huge upgrade potentially at right tackle. A huge yep. upgrade bringing in, in Lyle Collins. Even if you think he, his game has flaws, what they had at the end of the last season when they're trotting out Isaiah Prince and after Riley Reef got hurt, yep. they are much, much better at that spot than they were. And I love what they did on the defense. Yep. We talked about this after the season when we were projecting what the Bengals offseason might look like. And just saying, I don't want them to stand pat on defense. I don't want yeah. them to say, oh, we were so good last year. that We want to bring the same group back. Just that little injection and infusion of young, versatile talent on the back end. We need another corner, and we need a guy that can play a couple different positions in yep. Dax Hill. I think that's exactly what I would have done positionally if I were Duke Tobin and that defensive staff. So I really like what they did. A team that I can't, can't figure out where to put them, because I don't think they necessarily fit in all these categories, the Jets. I don't think the Jets offseason was sneaky. Yeah. They had three first round picks. They spent a ton of money. I also don't think they're the most improved team because so many of those guys are rookies. But I just want to acknowledge that I think the Jets are a much better football yeah. team right now than they were to end last year. Yeah. I don't know if it's sneaky because also your Jets fans will make sure make sure that to, to tell you how much. Why do you think improved. I'm mentioning it? <laughs> So I don't know how sneaky it is. I don't know if you know this too. Is New Yorkers are pretty loud, so <laughs> so maybe uh maybe that's why. No, they, they did improve. I mean, they have one of the best, most improved rosters of any team in the league. I mean, this th- throughout this whole offseason. So uh, no, no, both 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 good answers. I, I think, especially that Colts one. And again, they they might come up too uh, for another answer of mine. 
All right. Most improved position group in the NFL, in your opinion? Uh, Bengals offensive line. Mine's uh, the first one on my list. First one. Bullet yeah. right next to it. And then you've already brought it up. I mean, it's is it a whole bunch of studs. No, but it's massively improved. It's we've talked about many of times going from shit to not shit. <laughs> it's a huge improvement. It doesn't have to be good, just not shit. And I mean, but these are solid, tangible starters that they and they're I mean, three different spots that they're really improving at. It's it's just going to really, really help, especially they already have the weapons in place. It's more just keeping their lows not as low. I, I think that's the Bengals have the highest highs of any offense just because of their talent at the skill positions and with Joe Burrow. So just making sure the offensive line keeps it more steady and more consistent as a team. So just love that. Also, another one, if I if I might throw another one in there, is have to mention the Dolphins running backs <laughs> going from. <laughs> what, That's a good one. That's yeah, a good quiet one. Whatever yeah. names you want to throw out there to just, I mean, now they have like seven guys, it seems like, back there. But Dolphins running backs is another one. And uh, yeah, I could throw some other ones in there, but I want to hear what your answers are. I think we're talking about the Dolphins receiving course, adding Tyree Kill. You could say yeah. the same thing about the Raiders pass catching group. Yeah. We're going to get to both of those units, I think, a little bit later on, but just worth mentioning. The Jets secondary is in yeah, there for me. Answer. Some projection. We yep. don't know what sauce is going to be. Love Whitehead for them, though. It, and just guys like that. Whitehead Guys like that. For so they lost May for half the year, and LaMarcus Joyner missed most of the year. Who do you think the Jets' starting safeties were last year? <laughs> the the, the, two, the, the two Jets players at safety who played the most snaps for them in 2021. Was you, can you Ashton name it? Davis or whatever his name is? Ashton Davis was Okay, he one. was one? Okay. okay. That's the only one I can name. That's Okay. Just because I the, know him from college. Elijah Riley was second. Mm-hmm. Elijah Riley played 386 snaps. Marcus oh. May was third. Again, he missed half the season. Marcus May did. Other guys who played more than 200 snaps. Sherrod Niesman. Yeah, sure. Jason Pinnock. Gerard Wilson played 176 snaps for them. The point yeah. is, the, the Jets are Names. better at safety now yeah. than, than they used yeah. to be. And they're much better at corner. So I, that, I think the Jets secondary is a really important one to throw out there. The Jets corners last year, who played more than 500 snaps. Michael Carter, the second, and Brandon Eccles. Yeah. And Bryce Halls. And Bry- Bryce Halls, the third one. Those are the three Jets corners that played more than 500 snaps last season. So now you have DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner as part of this, which I think is a pretty damn big upgrade, even if some projection is necessary for Sauce yeah. Gardner. But. Yeah, I mean, but if you just even think he's average. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. If he's just okay, that's a big he's one. If he's okay, good, it's, it's a massive yeah. jump for no, that. So that one that's definitely was high on my list. I think the Panthers offensive line, similar. Yeah. Yep. So icky projection. But yep. if he's a decent left tackle from the start, and now you have Austin Corbett there, Bradley mm-hmm. Bozeman there, two functional starters with a potentially a huge upgrade in a top six pick. The yeah. same way the Jets have. I think that's another good one. The Ravens safeties. Okay. If Kyle Hamilton is good. Yeah. You bring in Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton. I mean, they had Chuck Clark there last year. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Stevens was actually okay for them, who's a young player. He said I still all think... of them, by the way. He hmm? goes, the uh, the Ravens coaches, they said like a week ago or whatever, during when the minicamp started, they were like, oh, yeah, we're playing all those safeties. Which like, is going to so be awesome to watch. I know. So I'm very excited to see how that unfolds. Just that change from – this corner-heavy team to this group of safeties. They have Kyle Fuller now, who didn't play yeah. well last year, but they're trying to figure out their cornerback spots still. What their defense ends up looking like, we'll talk about this a ton between now and September, yeah. is one of the more fascinating things about the entire league to me. Yeah. Other it's one I had... Stylistic shift. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, oh, which is always so cool. so cool to watch. It's so cool. 
So the last one I had, you alluded to this when you're talking about the most improved teams, the Chargers defensive front. Yeah. I mean, it, even <laughs> Kyle Van Noy, bringing in a guy like yeah. Kyle Van Noy or a Morgan Fox, those are the guys they didn't have last year. They yep. didn't have those sorts of guys. Rotational guys. That's Two million bucks a year. But yeah. just somebody that you can bring in and get some quality snaps from. I think they've done a lot to add talent to that position group. Yeah. Shit to not shit. <laughs> that's that's another one. That's another one. They're no longer Bosa and the Bosa. That's uh that's a that's a huge improvement for them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's let's tone it down here a little bit. Let's let's okay. ch- change the tone. The worst unit in your mind on a contender or potential playoff team? I've got a lot of options. Okay, I got two. All right, my number one. Has anyone looked at the 49ers offensive line room recently? I have. I my, I have this later. I have. I have this, dude. Later. Yeah, that's a good one, dude. <laughs> it's not good. It's, it's not I, it's good. A good one. That might. Oh. Trey Lance is starting. He's going to be running around. They better move that pocket. <laughs> so uh, still got Brunskill starting at right guard. Uh, J- Jake Brendel at center right now, I believe, is projected at center. Um, still got Trey Lance. Well, got to love that. Uh, and then whatever you think of Mike, uh, Mike Glinchy, uh, Glinchy is, uh, yeah, he was average, I think, as a right tackle. But, you know, we'll see how he comes back. So, yeah, that was my number one. I, I think I, that one was very, very curious to look. I thought they added someone, and I realized they did not. They did not add anybody. So, yeah, that was an interesting one. And then my other one is the Packers receiving room. Uh, that was and that, on my list. Yes. And then you you know the names, but it's also like once you realize what the roles are going to be. What, what they year might, it is. What year it is. <laughs> Great receiving room in 2014 <laughs> when Christian Watson was like 12. So, uh, but yeah, that, that one is, uh, another one that's kind of like, it's kind of glaring once you start breaking it down. The Packers pass catchers were number one for me. Yeah. I think that's just the most obvious one. They planned on having Devonta Adams back. They don't have him anymore. They had to, had to go get Christian Watson. Had to. And that's not the best answer to come up. Have with. you, Even have if- you heard Aaron Rodgers' quotes already? He said, I want production, not projection at the receiver in the receiver room. After the first couple days with Christian Watson. Hello, Julio. <laughs> so might be a vet coming in, another yeah. vet coming in. So I, I have them for another category for this exact with this exact thinking in mind. So let's table that for a second. Okay. The Ravens wide receivers are also in this conversation. That's another I one. mean, we got Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay. Yeah, I feel like a veteran is coming probably for both of those teams, which we will they're talk my, about. I think we swap these because this, they're my answer for another one. <laughs> so probably had some overlap in our categories yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. I got a little overzealous with the amount. That was great. All right, the Raiders' offensive line is not good. If they're a potential yeah. playoff team, the Raiders' offensive line is not good. We talked about this a little bit with Shield. A lot of question marks for what that group ends up looking like. They got a left tackle and a lot of concerns and questions after that. Yeah. We mentioned this before. The Cardinals cornerbacks are it's, it, it's rough. Yeah. Yeah. It's I rough mean, last year. It's, it's the same as last year. I mean, we yeah. talked about Jeff Gladney. We alluded to that, that. The Cardinals cornerbacks are in this conversation to me. The last one I had here, pretty specific, the Eagles safeties. 
they added James Bradbury. Darius mm-hmm. Slay is obviously a very good player. Avante Maddox in the slot, but safety is still yeah. yeesh. Yeah. I don't so, know if you know, but the safeties are kind of in vogue right now. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe not in Philly. Eagles love, are zigging when everyone else is zagging, baby. Yeah, right? Right? But I, I we do love the other additions they had, though. <laughs> I think the Eagles are going to be a fun team. I can't they wait are. to watch them. But the safeties, I, I'm sure Ben Solak is just sitting there in a cold sweat eating his cheese at 2 a.m. every single day, concerned about who's going to play those spots for them. All right. <laughs> it's Parmesan. Uh, Did you say what kind of cheese? No, I, it's always a rotating cast of cheese. It's a rotating. <laughs> Smorgasbord. This, this poor man. Somebody needs some melatonin. All right. Best skill position group after this offseason. I have yeah. too many on my list again, but I just – I'm. I'm trying to be excited about everyone and trying to. Yeah, I narrowed it down to two. Okay, uh, I have six. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's not, they're, to, tier, they're tiered. They're tiered. They're, okay. they're ones that I got. We have to mention, but they're. Yeah. I have I, to mention the Bengals. The Bengals are number one for me. Okay. Yeah, I, okay. I think they have the best one. I do too. That was my number one. Okay. Three receivers. I, I love them. Love the synergy. The pieces with all them. fit together. They're yep. so good. Love Joe and Nixon. They're young. They can get even better than they were last yep. year. The love. only thing that would be a ding to them is that their tight end yeah. situation is not great. Yeah. But the other guys are so good that I think that you can look past it's, that. I know. though How I look back is because they just don't – because they have the other guys, they don't need to use it. It's more of the three pass catchers rule as opposed yep. to – Yeah, but they just do it with the three receivers traditionally. So, yeah, I like that. My other one, I I, I really like the synergy with the Raiders. I, they were my I, top two. I, those are my top two as well. Yeah. So sweet. I, I love – that's, I mean, it's it's ideal. You got True X, Devontae Adams, you can move around. Hunter Renfro, who is one of the best slots in the game, and Darren Waller. I mean, that's a sweet trio right there, little yeah. triplets, and I, I love their synergy. So those are my top two. And then my honorable mention was the Bucks, uh, just as I love their three receivers. The tight end is a question mark, but I do like the running back room now. I really am a fan of Rashad White, not just because I took him in two different dynasty leagues, but also because man, you're doing dynasty drafts already. Yeah. Oh man, that's fun. Yeah, and uh, but also just because I think he is going to end up being a very uh, valuable player for them. So yeah, they're they're my other one. Um, if we're just doing skill position ones, I'm, I'm curious who your other what you have seven more, no, <laughs> four more, uh, that you might have out there. All right, I have I think three more. So th- I had those three. Okay, the Bucks. I, I didn't consciously tier them. The Bengals and Raiders, are the first two that came to mind. I think the Bucks are maybe better than the Raiders are. I was I, sleeping on it because it's boring now because we're is. so used to it. Yeah. But having Russell Gage as your number three receiver is bonkers. Yes. That's a really good group. And, and even if they don't have Gronk, Cam Braid is a good player. Yes. Yes. And, and Gage is perfect with Godwin. Like a slot Z's. Like they can go back. Oh, yeah. yeah no, I, I I really like I really like that fit. That's a really good group. Yeah. The Rams are still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. The Ram, they're a step down to me just because – but the tight ends are fine. The tight end yep. they have is fine. And Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup. Yes. I like that. I mean, that, that's a pretty good group. I think crafty. we might see a, a pretty good version of Allen Robinson. Yeah. So that, I feel like we have to mention them. I think the Eagles okay. are worth mentioning now. You have Dallas Goddard, you have Devontae Smith, and you have A.J. Brown. Yep. Quez Watkins is a little, it's a, knocking guys down a notch. Yeah. Now you're going to have A.J. Brown potentially as your slot receiver in some yep. of those sets. Quez Watkins plays less snaps. He can fit into his natural role, all of that kind of stuff. So I think that group is good. And the last one I had was the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gesicki, mm-hmm. a lot of speed. A lot of speed. That They've set their quarterback up pretty well, which 
brings us to our next category here. Whose situation at quarterback do you think has improved the most from the end of last season to right now? You could go a few different ways with this answer because you can get creative here, by the way. I like, have a couple of creative answers. Okay, okay. Because I kind of went uh, Matt Ryan going Matt Ryan's on my list. That, uh, you know, that Falcons roster to the Colts roster, that's probably going to be fun. Joe Burrow with the improvement of his offensive line is going to have a nice. I did not have him, but that's a good one. Okay. And then uh, the obvious answer for me would have been not, I shouldn't say obvious answer, but the one that kind of was my default for this would have been Zach Wilson, just because of the help with Lincoln Tomlinson, the addition of Garrett Wilson. um, uh, Also with uh, Brees Hall, the running back also just another year in that system. I just think that's also like his, the area around him improved. And there's another quarterback that you mentioned that I traded. That might be one of your answers. That's Russell Wilson. It's that his improvement just switched and changed a little bit. Russell Wilson's is very good. I, yeah. I that he he was not on my initial group, but that's a good one. I had two in number one: Tyreek Hill, Ron Armstead, another starting offensive lineman, a couple running backs, and a system that I think yes. could work for him. Obviously, that offense was specifically tailored to him last year, and it made sense for them to do it that way. And I think he was comfortable. So it's he's not going from a disaster to this finely tuned machine, yeah. but that offensive system and the way that the Niners passing game works, where it's all yak all the time, middle yeah. of the field throws, getting the ball out quick. They're gonna make it I easy do think that him. fits him. Yeah. Yeah. I do yeah. think they're going to make it easy for him. So he's yeah. number one to me. A sneaky one to me is Daniel Jones going Dude, from, I can't believe you said that I erased that because I actually, that's a great one. I love it. I want to hear it. Yeah. Even if their it. team isn't better, they, they yep. did draft tackle in the top yep. 10. So that is, <laughs> And that's going from nice. Jason Garrett is a great improvement. <laughs> going from Jason Garrett to a combination of Mike Kafka and Brian Dable yeah. is a pretty big improvement. You'll so like even that. if most of the players are the same, yeah. I think the upgrade in one tackle spot and the offensive system and situation for Daniel Jones puts him in here. Matt Ryan was part of mine. Yeah. And then Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah. I just can't give Balky any credit. <laughs> oh, I don't. It's not even about the players. It's about yeah. having Doug Peterson in there. Yeah. In, instead oh, yeah. of what they had last year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. Just not a complete shit show around him where he has to be the adult. Yeah. That's I wish help. I would have put Zach Wilson in there. Zach Wilson's a really good one. That, that That's yeah. a very, very good one. You're not going to throw Justin Fields in there? <laughs> you see the home run he hit at Wrigley today? Oh, was it? He just sweet. hit a bomb during, during batting practice. Well, he was like a. All yeah. world baseball he's player, a really good baseball player. Yeah, in high school, shortstop. Yeah. That's why I love him. I was like he's six four and playing shortstop. Like, yeah, I, I want a guy like that. I'm just <laughs> grasping for anything I can get. Just anything. <laughs> you see I that can home get. run? Just anything I can get. All right, the unit we take for granted, but we shouldn't. I think it's important to do this every off season. I like this one. because there are some teams and some position groups where we're like, oh, they're just good. Like we would for whatever reason we just kind of tally it into the known quantity column. And that's it. And we just assume they're going to be good because they've been good in the past. But I think it's important to step back and reconsider where some of these individual position groups and even whole sides of the ball are after an offseason, after some time when things have started to erode a little bit. Yeah, I this one for me was more of like we got to appreciate and this is going to go back to my very or maybe the second answer that we had about what the hell the Saints are doing. I'm going to go with the whole Saints defense. Uh, this is a unit that maybe we is underrated in a, in a sense. And maybe that's why they're so keen on maybe taking the chance this year or keeping that window pride open um, up front. They still have their ass kickers. And now they have depth uh, with some of the guys that they've taken over the past few years. They have a great linebacker pairing and Demario Davis and Pete Werner. I really like them. And, you know, DBs aren't perfect. I'm excited to watch Tyron Matthew with Dennis Allen, letting them roam and all that. 
and you know got uh, uh, Lattimore still at corner. This is just a, a unit, I think, a, as a whole, sometimes kind of gets lost in the void because we think of the Saints as offense, offense, offense. Oh, so okay, you went a different direction than I. Did yeah, I went. Kind of like I, we I should have laid out. I should have laid out the parameters of the okay. category a little uh, bit more. Yeah, you how you explained it was a little different. How I answered it, it was just more like we take it for like we. I don't know if maybe underrated is how I took this answer. All right. That was a good one. So what I did was a unit we just assume will be good and we shouldn't assume they'll be good. Got it. So that's those are my because your face when I answered, you're like, "Mm." (laughs) I was like, I I think the Saints defense is probably going to be okay. That's why that's why that's that's why I was a little bit confused. I think more more is my that they're underrated that maybe we should go like, no, they're actually good. Gotcha. Okay, so we'll do something a little bit different. then. The the unit that you think is a little bit underrated and shouldn't be the Saints defense. And who else did you have there? Um, My other one was the Packers DB room. Okay. And if we're just going position group, I think they're on the podium for best DBs and, and just as a whole. Uh, I love it. Uh, Savage and Amos, I, I love their pairing. They, I think they have a great skill set and how they use them because they're going to be in a lot. They, I mean, that's all they run. It's like too high. It's like every freaking snap and then they rotate someone down. But how they use that's great. Jair Alexander going to be healthy. Eric Stokes, I think, is going to be a great corner as well. And then Rasul Douglas, who had a great year last year, of course, they resigned. I think just, again, underrated. And it's one of those that maybe the perception of that hasn't caught up to where they're actually at. And I think they're, that's going to be a real highlight for that Packers team this year. So that's, I had them for a different one for okay. our next category here. So the units that I think when I said this, it's the units maybe were good last year, Got it. things like that. So my first one was the Rams offensive line. The Rams offensive line was excellent last year. Yes. They were really, really good. All that empty. They put them in situations where they had to be, where yes. that unit had a lot put on their plates and now it's not like they're bad, mm. but you go from even if Joe Nopum is good, going from Andrew Whitworth to him, that's mm-hmm. a slight downgrade, most yep. likely. Yep. They Austin Corbett left in free agency. They yep. potentially Logan Bruss, the guy they drafted in the third round, is going to be starting for them. Just they've they deserve the benefit of the doubt yep. when it comes to figuring out that position group. They've done a very good job with it over the last couple of years. But I don't think we should just take for granted that the Rams offensive line is going to be one of the best units in the league again, like it was last year. And Whit- Whitworth has, he was older and he has a name to him. And so, but he was great last year. Unbelievably good. Yes. It wasn't, it's not where he just got some, you know, pedigree with him and everyone's like, Oh, you know, it's Andrew Whitworth. He's a good star. He was legitimately a very good left tackle last year. So that's, you know, that's hard to replace. doesn't matter if, even if you do trust Joe Newboom, like you said, the other one I had very similar, the saints offensive line. We should not just assume the Saints' offensive line is going to be good again. Correct. They switch out Teron Armstead for a rookie that I think is a lot more of a projection than most people think. So the Saints' offensive line is in there for me. The Patriots' defense in general. Their linebackers are all gone. We talked about the DBs that they switched out. We just should not assume the Patriots' defense is even going to be an above-average unit. I mean, again, Belichick deserves a ton of benefit of the doubt. But even penciling them in as like a top-12 group to me is probably a little bit generous. Yep. So, And if their offense isn't going to take a leap, what is where does that what leave are them? Just, yeah. again, let's take stock of where things are at. Yeah. The other one, I can understand being optimistic about it because the quarterback is so good because they've been so good. There's a chance this experiment with the Chiefs receivers doesn't work. Yeah. MVS got a lot of money. He's been a role player for most of his career. Sky Moore is a rookie that we're projecting. Mm -hmm. Who knows what we're going to get out of Juju. They still have Travis Kelsey. But there's a chance where that group, we're sitting there in week eight, be like, man, that just they just don't have a guy. They, they just don't have a guy when they need one right now. And you're getting frustrated when it's a four-yard completion with no yak after. 
And it's just, yeah, it, and those just add up time after time. This is actually, too, where the Cowboys O-line might get slotted in. So this, this, this is my ne- so this is our next one here. Okay. This, those are ones we shouldn't take for granted. The next thing I had, the units we completely have to rewire our yep. brain about, where for years it was a strength, and now it might not even be a strength. And then the other way, too. For years yep. it was a weakness, and now it might actually be a definitive strength. My yep. first one here, you're talking about the Panthers, Packers DBs. I have the Packers defense. Yeah, we had for so long. We thought the Packers defense was this detriment. We were worried about them. We just have these images burned into our brain. Yeah. Think about that NFC championship game where Raheem Mostert's just running for 70 yard touchdowns on third and eight. They might be the best defense in the league this year. They have a chance. And it's like, I don't think people have realized how good this team. They have good players like everywhere. They have depth. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that one. I, I, I. I concur, as they would say. <laughs> they might be the best defense in the league, and I think that is so far away from what the perception of them has been. That's why it's a little bit different to me than taking it for granted. The other one I had on the other side of this, the Bears defense. For so for years, we've just assumed the Bears defense is good. That wasn't true for the last couple years. Yeah. This year, they could be really bad. And you get cold water dumped on you. You're like, really, oh. really bad. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they just don't have very many good players, and that's yeah. the state of the roster, and – I understand how we arrived at this moment, but they just don't have any good players. Mm-hmm. They really, really don't. Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith, and if you're excited about Jalen Johnson, maybe, but I think that even if they play hard and they're well-coached, which I wouldn't be surprised with, with Matty Rufus, I still think that it's time to recalibrate what we think of this team overall. Yeah, I think people got to realize how bad the Bears are going to be. It's, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm, it's, ready. I'm ready. A, yeah, I know you are, but it's... Uh, you want to be optimistic about some of the things they do. I I, I think Getze uh, can do a decent job and like just knowing what I think he's trying to do there. It's but yeah, it's it might be a rough rough twenty twenty two season. Thank goodness you still have the first rounder this year. That that would be the one thing. Uh, for, for do you have any others? The other one I had was the Titans offensive line. Okay. For That's, the last few like years, we just assumed the Titans' offensive line was Strong good. Strong and bullies. Now it yep. might be a, a real weakness. Yeah. At last year, they had a couple spots where, like, oh, man, but Cuisinberry, the I think they hit yep. him a little bit. But yep. in pass protection, they weren't very good last year. And now you're swapping out. I think it's going to be some kind of like Aaron Brewer is going to play where Roger Saffold was. And I, I believe right now, based on what I was reading, that the right tackle battle might be between Petit Ferrer and Dylan Redunes who didn't play for them last year. Jeez. So I just there could be some real concerns with that group where a couple of years ago we were talking oh. about them as maybe the best offensive line yeah. in the league. They are far away from that now in my opinion. Man, that's what happens when your your first rounder of the future, the right tackle of the future just never plays so it many, down. So many different reasons that they yep. got into this place, but that those are the the three that I had. I like that. I, a lot of mine are kind of continuations of other answers we had. I had the Chiefs receivers, and that was just a stylistic shift. Yep. I have no idea if this experiment's going to work. I understand what I think I understand what they're trying to do. I'm just curious to watch it. But it's a totally stylistic shift from speed, 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 yak, 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 yak to you know three and D guys, vertical and bullies. Like that's what they're that's what they're going for. And I'm very curious to watch how that unfolds. Um, I have the and this is. A, Another continuation of our answers. I just had the Cowboys offense in general and not just the offensive line, but the rearranging of the receivers. CD CD and Amari Cooper kind of had some sameness 
that started to happen. Coop isn't really that. CD is a good blocker. He's best out of the slot where he's the power slot. That's again, again, why I loved him uh, coming out. And where Coop, they were trying to have start doing some of that, you know, and he bought in. He was doing some of the fill in the block stuff. But then they I think they realized how redundant their skill sets were. So they bring in Jalen Tolbert, Jalen Tolbert's best on intermediate and deep routes. That's what he was best at South Alabama. So is that offense going to be more vertical? Like I that's what are they going to be more too tight? End? Like I'm very curious what they're going to do. Um, and we've already talked about the offensive line being totally reconfigured and who knows the hell how, how, how they look. Um, still love Dak though. Uh, um, and then I also, so I went from a unit to, or a position group to a unit. And I'm going to do a whole team here. The Colts in general, Gus Bradley, Bradley on the defense coordinator, total yeah. stylistic shift from what they, from Eberflus to him that, I mean, you couldn't go any more drastic. Uh, and then on offense, Matt Ryan there at QB still wearing number two, but it is going to be a little different. And just, uh, I want to see what this offense looks like. Um, I really like, I, uh, I think Reich is one of the best offensive minds in the league. I really do. I, I think I love his play calling. I love how he's adapted to his personnel. And it's really cool. Like one of the side effects of switching quarterback every single year is you get to see how the play caller changes and how the how they they attack the field. So I'm very curious going from Mesh City with Phillip Rivers and corner routes <laughs> to the Carson Wentz chaos to Matt Ryan probably throwing a whole bunch of seam benders. And, and I'm curious, I'm really excited to see that stylistic shift. So, but that's just a one, a whole team. I have just have to rewire how they've looked the last couple of seasons. That's a really good answer. It's a very, very good answer. All right. The way too early position battle that you're watching closely. Okay. Falcons quarterback job. <laughs> that's I, a really good one. I'm that's a, a really good that's one. That's a personal, that's a personal uh, viewing uh, that I can't wait to watch between Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter. Just not that it has any probably ramifications on the 2022 NFL season, but more, I just want to see how it unfolds. Um, I also want to see how the pipe, the Packers uh, receiver hierarchy finishes out. I yep, want to see who's starting where, who fills what targets, what, what's going on there. And then also just kind of, this is my last one is just the, uh, the Steelers between Pickett and Trubisky. I'm sure Pickett will probably be the day one starter, but I'm just curious. Is, does he just take and run with it? Or is it more of like they're going into the last preseason game? They still haven't announced it. <laughs> so I want to see how that unfolds in August. I had some weird ones. The yeah, I want to tackle. I don't know if Bernard Brayman is going to win that job. And I if love that. he ends up being good, that could be a ridiculous steal in the third round if he ends up being a good player for them. Yep. Who's going to play the Niners' other safety spot? The Chukwaski yeah. Tart had been, was there for a couple of years. They didn't really make any big moves to replace him. So yeah. they got a couple in-house guys. How that ends up shaking out. Because the Niners defense was really good last year. Yeah. So it, if, One of the most if, fun watches in the league. If period. you're figuring out, if that's a big hole and you don't know who's going to play that spot, what do we expect from that defense overall? The other one, we haven't talked about the Browns football-wise at all, justifiably. But I feel like there are position groups and things associated with that roster that interest me. Who's going to play corner for them? Yeah, and not that they don't have any, but how do the roles shake out? Four of them because they <laughs> traded away Troy Hill, and yeah. now they have Emerson that they brought in as a rookie. So who ends up playing in the slot? Do they use some of the three safety? Yeah, looks with Johnson and Delpit and Harrison. What? How do they end up shaking out those Rich. snaps? Yeah, they have a lot of players. I, I yeah. think the Browns' defense is a chance to be very good, like yeah. very good. And so what that on the back end ultimately ends up looking like just something that I know I'm going to be watching. Yeah, it's and also you got guys like JOK there. And so it's like how how they use him. I know you're saying uh, corners, but just how they use him will be interesting to watch, too. Yeah, no, they they've it's one of those where 
you want to see what the finished product ends up looking like because there is there's a lot of different ways they can use them. So it's like it's how creative they get with those kind of guys. That's it's always fun to watch. All right. We talked about a couple of these in other categories, but yeah. I, this is a little bit different to me because it's not a whole unit. To me, it's like one one spot. What is a flaw on a good team that's just keeping you up at night right now? Yeah, I don't know if they're a good team, but I have two here. But one is uh, Matt Patricia possibly calling offensive plays for the Patriots. That has kept me up. Just <laughs> the fact that it's Matt Patricia and Joe Judge potentially being offensive coordinators in the NFL is like, is yeah, that's kind of kept me up. That's kept me up for weeks. <laughs> a team that's capped out with a quarterback that they drafted in the first round last year. In the second year. And it's like, it's so important. It's tough, man. It's tough. I know. It, it's. Did you see Belichick snapping? I did. I heard about it. I didn't. It was see awesome. It. He's like he, it to me yesterday. I'm. I'm convinced that he is taking this opportunity to finally coach quarterbacks, and he's so excited. I've seen him giving plays to Mac Jones, giving to the huddle. He was with the running backs, and he uh, it was the quarterback. Like, you do individual drills. It was quarterbacks, running backs, and he was the center, snapping to the quarterbacks and lining everybody up. And you and two bad snaps in a row, by the way, low, low into the left. Come on, Bill. And so, but watching that, I could, he's geeked up for it. It's pretty funny. But um, my more serious answer is what the hell is going on with the Packers offensive line? Is Bakhtiari playing? Like what is like, what is going on there? I are, are, who's healthy? Who is not, who's starting at what spots? Like that is kind of, it's I, I'm not ready to start kind of like uh, I'm beating the drum a little bit for it now, just like slowly, slowly beating it, because I want to see how camp unfolds when week one starts, because that's that could be more of a topic of discussion as, as kind of August unfolds, because I mean, Bakhtiari is still not practicing. He's he got hurt 18 months ago on an ACL. And so who's starting at left tackle for him? So it's a really good one. Yeah, that that's one. I'm very, very curious what's going on. Mine are all offensive line related. Love it. I'm genuinely concerned about the Chargers' right tackle battle. I'm afraid for my guy. <laughs> He'll just break a tain and throw it. This idea yards. that we're, it's going to be a Joker breaking the pools cue situation with Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins concerns me. We're having tryouts. I, we are having tryouts, and I'm a little bit worried about it. So that's my oh. number one. Oh, man. I'm looking at that, that, that depth chart right now. Uh, we'll, Foster, we'll see. Sorrell? It seems like they don't want to move Matt Filer and they want to keep him at guard, which I understand. You, he played there last year. Yep. You have that's, that left side is really, really good. Yep. I get that, but that right tackle spot, I, I, I lose. Man, because it could be so good. Other than that, I mean, the other four. That's a. It could be the one thing that holds them back, and I would right. just. That's why I'm losing sleep over him, laying awake at night. It's that. It's the meme of the girlfriend. What, what's my, what's he thinking about the Chargers right tackle situation? <laughs> just <it's> terrifying. <laughs> All right, planning your wedding. <laughs> we talk about the rehearsal dinner today. I'm just sitting there, being like, "God, Storm Norton, I can't do oh, it. Storm can't do Storm." They're Norton. not going to provide chip help for him. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the Niners. The Niners' interior offensive line is now that Alex Mack is gone. I yeah. sitting there in a cold sweat thinking about it. I thought they took somebody. Like I, in my brain. <laughs> Like in my brain, I thought they drafted somebody in like the they second, drafted a round. center in the second round or I guard the instant you totally forgot about. That was last year. It was Aaron Banks. He didn't play. It was. So yeah. now he's also in the mix there. Yep. That's one. This one, not as immediately concerning, but dangling by a string, maybe. The Bills' interior offensive line. Roger Saffold is a nice player. 
Roger Saffold is a road grader, or was last year, mm-hmm. who has struggled in pass protection yep. recently, and now you're just dropping him as a starter. Even if I like it as an injection of physicality, it's he's older. I, he's been in the league for a long time. But the Bills run the ball as much as the Titans do. That's <laughs> that's it's a very it's very very different what he's going yeah. to be asked to do. So that's one of them. And I know the Bears fan base was talking about Ryan Bates like he was some combination of John Hanna, Quentin Nelson, and Marshall Yanda. But Ryan Bates is somebody that just played a few games at the end of last season and they gave a pretty decent contract to and now is just penciled in as a starter. So that little area of the Bills' offensive line, while I think it could be totally fine, yeah, I think it's more tenuous yeah. than it might seem or than people are thinking about right now. There might be some matchups where it's it, it's it's ugly. You know when Brandon Thorne does the O-line, D-line matchups yeah. where it's like, oh, wow, they're they're losing this one again. They're losing this one again. Yeah. So, no, I, I 100% agree with that one because that was another kind of in the back of my mind for this answer. So, very quickly, our last two here. The one I, Another one I had was yep. the hole you're worried about now but could be fixed. We alluded to both of them. To me, it's the Packers and Ravens wide receivers. I Ravens just think that a veteran could, be, yep. could come in for those groups and – it seems like a concern right now, but maybe not. And Roger saying that, I think, makes me feel even better about my answer here. Oh, yeah. No, he's already like going. He's already throwing his hands. <laughs> he's already throwing a fit, which is hilarious. It's OTAs. We're, we're in June. He's already throwing a fit, which I think is just it's it's going to be a monthly tradition now. Uh, yeah, All right. but Ra- Ravens was my answer. As That's well. a good one. I think, yep. I think those are perfect because there's still a couple guys out there. Julio's yep. out there. Will, Will Fuller, Fuller is out there. Odell is out there. There are some guys. So I, I feel like those that, that one's an easy one for me. All right. That's all we got. That was very fun and very useful for me. It was. It, I think it's important in May, June. Like, all right, press and pause, looking through the depth charts, where are we at right now? And yeah. hopefully you guys also get something out of that. The 49ers did not draft a signer in the second round. That's what you know. Akeem Hicks <laughs> signed with the Bucks. These are things that we learn. And it's important. It's, it's good to do that. All right. That's all we got. We'll be back next week doing a mailbag on Monday with Ted Wynn. So right. please send in your questions for me and Ted. It's athleticfootballshow at gmail.com. Would love to get your questions. Highly encourage you guys to send those to us. Please rate and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Now that it's the off season, not as many shows, we're not asking as much from you. If you like the show, go give us a review on, on Apple Podcasts. Go tell us why you like the show. If you don't like the show, just continue to do what you're doing. But if you do like the show, just go let us know. I would really, really appreciate that. It's, it's been a little slow over there recently. Please subscribe to The Athletic. It's where you can read our buddy here and me potentially soon and a lot of other people and the great work that all of our writers are doing. Theathletic.com slash football show is where you can do that. We will be back next week with that Kyler Lamar podcast that I keep talking about that we are not doing, but we are going to do it eventually. So please come back and check that out. Until then, enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you guys soon. This was The Athletic Football Show.